but there's two quests in particular where she like is savage and like the decontamination service she says uh you need to go uh, teach these criminal scum they're like less than human uh you need to kill 40 of them and then leave at close range so they know who they're dealing with and yeah. then leave one leave one alive so he can go tell his buddies you know who did this and it's like jesus christ <laughs> you're supposed to be a doctor or something you know and like all this other stuff welcome to scav talk an escape from tarkov podcast with a focus on the continued development of the game Patch note analysis, theory crafting, and general gameplay discussion. My name is Church. I'm one of your hosts. I do uh, video editing for a content creator in Tarkov named Airwing Marine. And I'm Gigabeef, a Tarkov YouTuber creating videos to hopefully help everybody get better at the game. And uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. Today we have a, a special guest from uh, Your Gaming, which is uh, Diz. You can see with the uh, amazing background. Um, so, you know, welcome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Uh, I guess. Uh, let you uh, introduce yourself slightly um if you, if you want to just give like a quick uh, quick intro for yourself and then we can dig into some some questions and some other bits and pieces around you know tarkov and, and whatnot and we'll just kind of see where it takes us sure uh so my real name is jeff and um you know obviously from my background behind me i have a uh, professional background in firearms i owned a tactical gun shop for about a decade and um very very much into firearms my whole life and also into gaming my whole life and about oh, i don't even know how long it was now I, I in terms of like years or months i don't know how long it was but about three wipes ago <laughs> <laughs> there you that's go. like i think that's how all tarkov people like gauge time now it's yeah, like yeah. well let's see uh let's see. i got married like two wipes ago and <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so about three wipes ago, I uh, got introduced to Tarkov, and I've actually been aware of Tarkov uh, since basically it was first announced. But okay. I guess in my head for this whole time, I've always had this idea that it was kind of like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Star Citizen, but mm. like it was mm. kind of like in this super unfinished, you know, never going to be completed state. So I never really gave it much thought. A friend was like, hey, we we're getting sick of Call of Duty at the time. And a friend was like, hey, you need to really try this game, and especially because you really like guns. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll check it out. And so I was actually really pleasantly surprised to see what a um, finished state it was. And I mm. was like, this is incredible. And so I got really, really into it. And then uh, mm. eventually we, uh, we meaning uh, myself and Irk Pandas, Caleb, who's, uh, we're, we're kind of partners, and he does a lot of editing and stuff. Um, we decided to get into content creation. And what we really wanted to do was we didn't want to be like another person who's like, hey, are you new to Tarkov? This is how you do stuff. And because yeah, like that's just like it's everywhere, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's it's so overdone. And I didn't think I could bring anything unique to the table that other people weren't already doing. But I have a really a profound interest in storytelling, narrative elements, things like that. And as I started to kind of go into and, and uh, research the, the story behind Tarkov, I was amazed to see just how much thought and effort that I'm not sure if it was Nikita or someone else, maybe Blackbird, someone at, at BSG 
um, has has created all these little lore elements and story bits, and then it's tied into contract wars, and then there's Russia 2028, yeah, and there's these these obscure lore documents that are literally buried on the in the internet. Like yeah. they, you have to really look for this stuff, and translating stuff and trying to put put the story together, and then uh, in the maps themselves, if you look into the world creation, the map building they've done there's clues and there's little elements to the story that all tie together. So someone at BSG really has put thought and direction into the story. And so what I want to do is to help tell these stories. And then in the future, what I'd like to do is also then start to build off of them. Um, I don't know if you want to call it fan fiction. I know that's kind of a weird name for things, but you know, I'd like to start creating our own stories that are kind right. of in the the Tarkov universe. Eventually, we're not we're not going to get into that yet, but someday. Super. Yeah, that's uh, that's super cool, man. That's uh, yeah. So you got a really interesting background. I mean, I know that you know Tarkov itself brings a lot of um, you know ex-military, uh, you know, gun people, like people who are just interested in firearms and weapons and, and that kind of stuff in general. Um, in mm-hmm. um, which is. I guess it is kind of like it is unique in that way. I think I don't know because you know you have like the other sort of milsimi type games, which is like another sort of slice of, of that kind of person. But like Tarkov, like the weapons modding and the in-depth stuff, like it brings in you know c- certainly a lot of people that I don't think I've ever come into contact with because you know I'm a self-proclaimed not really gun person. I mean, I live in the UK, so you can't really be a gun guy here, right? It's, uh, it's very very difficult. I didn't really know that much about um, about firearms. I mean, I was in kind of like you know back in school and stuff I was in kind of like the you know the, the military like cadets and that kind of thing so I was always like vaguely interested but it's not something people are really into here and so coming into contact with so many people guys like yourself and guys who are like ex-military as well and just like how many of them there are within EFT is actually like super interesting and then um, someone like me who like enjoys complexity and kind of uh, you know, machinery and like how stuff works or whatever it's kind of like shown that side of uh, you know weaponry which is you know you always have a big interest in if you're into that, yeah, that kind of thing. But it's uh, yeah, really kind of brought that to the forefront. It's uh, yeah, it's such a such a cool game in that respect. It's just like the attention to detail in terms of uh, weaponry. It's kind of the first thing that really, I don't know, made me think. Okay, this is like something a bit different and a bit special. Um, you know, trying to go do modding and, and and whatnot. I mean, like, it's I guess it's just a bit of a random question, but like from a you know a, a gun store and like tactical store owner, like, what's your kind of impression of like? how they've done the modding and that kind of stuff. I guess, like, from the, either from the overall point of view and then, like, once you've got the grips of the game, like, you know, changes that they should make to make it more realistic or more, like, immersive and make it more kind of like it is in real life without sacrificing the gameplay. Yeah, so um, as far as I know, that there is no other FPS game out there that has taken attention to detail when it comes to weapons and their attachments, uh, like Tarkov. Um, when, when BSG is considering to put a gun into the game, they actually will not put a gun in the game if they can't physically get access to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they, I don't know how they, uh, uh, get their guns or how they test them or how they evaluate them, but they, this actually involves, you might've seen on Nikita's Instagram, um, them going to ranges, shooting the guns, taking them apart, um, at some point, I don't know if they scan like 3d scan the guns or whatever, but they will not put a gun in the game unless they can model it inside and out. And yeah. I've seen in some of their, their teaser Instagram posts where they're teasing a new gun, they'll show, uh, a small obscure parts that literally have 
no effect or meaning on gameplay whatsoever. Like uh, yeah. you'll see like a like a disconnector spring that's modeled and inside the gun, and it's like you will never see that part. Um, and 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 they're animated, and it's just yeah. like holy shit. Um, it's it's really 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 incredible. So from a a gun standpoint, there are. Because we did, we did a lot of stuff at the shop. We didn't just sell guns. We also did gunsmithing and modifications. And one of the things we did there, too, was a process called Serico. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. And Serico is basically uh, the industry-leading uh, firearm finish. And it's to protect against corrosion, wear, abrasion, all those kinds of things. And the military uses it as well. And um, we were a factory-certified Serico applicator. And we even did Serico applications for a company called BCM, Bravo Company. There's a few parts in the game called from BCM. And uh, they also, once once they get the Seracoded parts, they would then ship those to uh, actual special forces operators in the field. And I actually didn't know this um, for a long time. And we got a batch of Seracode in that was too shiny. And I sent them a sample. I was like, is this too too shiny? Is this too like glossy? They said yes because half of these parts are actually going to active operators in Afghanistan. And I was like, "What the oh. hell?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, the stuff that we're doing is getting actually getting sent to people that are are fighting over there, and so that's kind of incredible." But um, so we would the part of this process. The reason why I'm telling you this is that we would have to take uh, it's called a gunsmith disassembly or a complete disassembly. Every part pin spring comes out. We coat them. And then we have to put it all back together. So I have a really intimate knowledge of taking apart basically all these guns to their all of their smallest bits. And the fact that all of that stuff is rendered, um, I have had personal experience with almost every single attachment that there is in Tarkov. And so I'm like a kid. In, when I first got this game and started <laughs> like getting unlocking stuff, I was like a kid in a candy store because I was like, oh, my God, they have an Elcan Spectre DR and you can change between the 1X and the 4X mode. And they even have what's what's kind of funny is they even have um like really shitty stuff in the game. They have like that little that NC Star blue laser. That yeah. is like mm. a five dollar airsoft <laughs> quality, like it is trash. And it's just it'd be kind of humorous to see, or like pro mag magazines, and like those are just known in the industry as being garbage. And mm. it's uh yeah, no, it's it's all of it is wonderfully done and you know, I don't know if anyone ever does criticize the game for having too many parts and accessories, but every time that there's a new wipe or a patch and they add a whole bunch of new gear, I think it's awesome. And yeah. all of it is basically rendered and uh, represented correctly, including conflicting parts. Um, the fact that you mm -hmm. can't put certain AK dust covers on without removing the rear sight, that's actually how they work. You know, they wouldn't be compatible um the other way so yeah it's it's all very very excellent yeah that's super that's super super cool yeah i mean it's just as i said it's one of the things that interested me so much um so much early on i mean i guess like the the, the tricky part to it is kind of like how some of the balancing works i mean we don't need to go into that like like now i actually kind of want to talk about law and stuff because i know you mentioned it before and it was something that I, I thought was um was was interesting but just like I think like some of the hardest stuff like if we get a bit of time later maybe we can talk about it but just about like you know how you balance like recall ergonomics like you keep to the rpg element of the of the game without um making some stuff like too imbalanced and like how, how exactly you do that with like trader levels and stuff it's quite that's that is quite tricky you know with the way the recall is implemented yeah. it, um, 
I guess actually, like, yeah, I would, I would be interested to hear your opinion on how Recall's implemented because Nonakita's very, um, he's very fixated on having the, uh, you know, the it moves up and then it gets controlled, um, and it's very controversial. Some people like it, some people don't like it. It's like hotly debated every six minutes on Reddit. Um, and I was, what's, what's your opinion on it? Because like, I've not, I've never fired a, a gun on fully auto in real life, so it's yep. very hard for me to tell. Yeah. So uh, the the gun behind me in the top middle right here, that's full auto, and mm-hmm. um. The the way that Tarkov represents full autos in-game is kind of realistic, but kind of not. And what I mean by mm. that is that, yes, generally speaking, your average, you know, let's just say soldier or let's say talented shooter, when you first go to shoot a machine gun, uh, typically, yes, you will have a little bit of initial muzzle rise. And then a lot of it, it really depends on the shooter. You'll start to really lean into it and bear down on the gun. And then as you kind of get in tune with like the cadence of the mm-hmm. full auto fire, depending on the fire rate, you can then kind of start to control it. Now, mm-hmm. from a gameplay perspective, though, um, way too many guns are like laser beams. And yes, there are people who can shoot guns like that in full auto. They do exist, but they're typically like these are like pro competition shooters. Right really high-end like green berets navy seal type guys um and yes you can also modify a gun extensively kind of like you can in tarkov to make it like have almost no recoil um i have modded guns like that and the thing is though is that realistically though there would be way more horizontal recoil right and i feel like Mm. they if they wanted to keep their current recoil models they could, but I think that the the horizontal recoil should be should be really in, increased. Um, because mm-hmm. if you fire a full auto, let's just say you put a, a target out at like fifteen meters, and you fire it in full auto, your your group. I mean, I don't care how talented you are, your group's going to be pretty big. That's not really mm-hmm. how it is in Tarkov. After that yeah. initial that initial burst of recoil, it gets focused into such a laser beam. Um, another hotly debate, debated topic is how accurate hip fire is. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know, I used to, I had a firearms YouTube channel that I've because YouTube's gotten so anti-gun. Um, I did abandon that. I got it up to like 90k subscribers or something. But actually, in one of my videos, I demonstrated this. I took the sights off of a gun and I fired basically instinctively at targets, steel targets, and I basically hit them every time. You know, if you can kind of learn where your muzzle's pointing and that's where the bullet's going to go at least at short range tarkov does that accurately but then again it's kind of like a realism versus gameplay um you know should the guns be that accurate with hip fire you know just from a pure gameplay perspective it's a very Uh, interesting thing yeah i don't know like it it sounds like from what you're saying that it is actually modeled like fairly well because i kind of was I'm actually, I'm almost, well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily surprised that you're saying that, but like, it's kind of nice <clears> for me to hear that it's like m- on the more realistic side. And then it's really like a, you know, a gameplay versus realism question as to like, do you want that? Is it good for the game? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, what, it's tough. Honestly. What they oh. could do, what they could really do though, is, you know, like I said, I, I do believe horizontal recoil should be increased across the board on almost all guns. Um, but 
this is just kind of a spitball thing, but uh, you know, maybe what they could do is that there would be maybe certain attachments or combinations of attachments that would make your gun fire, you know, really, really flat. And but they can maybe be super rare, very expensive. I don't know. Just yeah. it gets the wipe eventually gets to a point where everyone has access to that stuff and everyone mm-hmm. uses it. And you know, Nikita said he hates metas, and um. It's not really that expensive to make a laser beam gun. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And I guess then that's like the whole open world post 1.0, like what happens, you know, and how, how it ends up getting rebalanced and that we're in a wipe to wipe cycle and all this stuff. So it's just kind of like, yeah, I guess we will, I guess we will see. But yeah, I, I agree with you. That's kind of one way to do it is that you make some stuff finding raid only. It's like maybe it only spawns on bosses or whatever. You have to go and like fetch yeah. it and then it's hard to replace, which stops people running it all the time. Yep. Um, Cool. Right. That's that's uh, that's super interesting, dude. Um, Church, I don't know if you've got anything else. I was going to move straight on to law, but if you have any other, uh, I was going to say one like... interesting thing off the. Uh, I don't know if you, either of you catched it. Clean's podcast with um, Brandon and Nikita. Nikita mentioned that in the future they want to rework parts to have different. It sounded like different modifier stats. So there's like a stat in the game known as spread, which is like the. Um, or I guess it could also be described as bloom. Like as you fire, the inaccuracy of the gun increases. Um, mm-hmm. And so he sounded like he wanted to have different. Like I think they were talking about the blast mitigation device. He wanted to have it like reduce um, horizontal recoil strictly. Like just something like just have like these different options for what how it affects specifically the system, the recoil system of each gun. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing that because that gives a lot more variety in, in builds. Like maybe you could build like a, I don't know, a gun that has very little horizontal recoil or it has like a really tight spread, but it still has a lot of kick to it. Like that'd be really interesting. That's basically how PUBG did that. Did their system. Oh, really? Um, the PUBG had a really um, unique recoil system. A lot of people really liked the gunplay in that game because you could find attachments in a match that did specific things better than others. You know, mm. some increased your hip fire, some increased your, or your, or decreased your horizontal recoil. Some did vertical. And so depending on what gun you picked up, you, you know, I have an M4. I really want to work on my horizontal recoil because it doesn't have a lot of vertical. And so you'd choose to do one attachment over the other. So from a realism standpoint, there are some things like that. Um, hmm. you know, depending on what muzzle device, for example, you use, uh, that might matter. Um, suppressors too. And I know the, the most hotly debated topic right now, and it was in that, um, interview too, was the malfunction system. <laughs> and, uh, a lot of people who like watch my stream and stuff, they know that, you know, when it comes to Tarkov, I'm, I'm pretty laid back. I, I can handle dying and losing gear and I'm all, I'm fine with that, but this malfunction system has, uh, from uh, both a gameplay and a realism standpoint, got me kind of pissed off because, interesting. Like I have fired literally, I'm not even joking with you, hundreds of thousands of rounds in my life, and the amount of times I've seen a gun misfire is like I could probably count it on one hand. Um, now there are other jams that can happen, and Nikita was talking about that. He was talking about having like four or yeah. five different kinds. So. You know, failure to feed, failure to extract. Uh, you could even have maybe unique stuff to weapons, like AR style patterns can have a very unique and extremely frustrating jam called a bolt over base, and it's basically where a spent cartridge gets above the bolt inside the receiver, 
and you basically have to take your whole gun apart to fix it. And uh, hopefully they don't do anything like that. But (laughs) the other types of of, uh, jams, you know, I could see that. And he's like, he's talking about you have to inspect your weapon to figure out what type of jam it is. Yeah. And I know why they're doing this. They want to they want to slow down the gameplay. I think that they don't like that there are people playing this game like COD and they're jumping around and zooming all over the place. And, you know, it's like super gamer moment. And uh, I think they really want people to just chill out, take things more seriously, take things slower, approach situations more tactically with more thought. Um, you know, it's cool to watch clips of people going into dorms or, or wherever factory and just like zooming and jumping all over the place and killing everybody. But like, that's really not the game they're trying to make. And so I feel like that's what this whole jam system is supposed to be doing is that like, okay. I don't want to just rush the enemy because if I get a jam, I'll die. Let's get some distance between me and them, and I'll mm-hmm. think about this a little bit more. But they just need to go about it in the right way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To not, to not just like, frustrate people. Yeah, we've talked quite extensively about like jamming and durability and that kind of thing about you know guns not. Uh, I don't know. I just think like, I mean, our, our key takeaways are just kind of like you know, if you're if you don't look after your guns properly, then um, then yes, they should jam more and scav guns should jam more and it should be a risk reward thing of like, I take in a cheap gun, but it's going to jam a bunch or I buy a new gun or I look after it or whatever. But like right now, I don't know what they've changed. I don't know whether they've changed the X quite hard for people to test. And it's like, I don't think the data mining is like easy to do or people don't re- don't want to release it because BST keeps kind of like slapping down people who try and do that. But, you know, yeah. guns jamming above 95 Dura is just like really annoying. Having like flat durability, uh, sorry, having flat uh, jam chance anywhere between like 90 and like 50 is just kind of silly. And then it only increases below 50. It just doesn't make sense. Like, and then yeah. there are better ways to like look after your weapon too, I think. Um, you know, yeah, maybe you can pay for the really expensive coating. Like, it gets shipped off to Peacekeeper and comes back in a week. I don't know. You know, it's just like, there, there needs cool. to be like, yeah. there needs to be other ways that like, you can look after your stuff. Um, because the way it's implemented is like, it's just, yeah, sometimes it's just a bit frustrating. But like, I see what you mean about slowing the game down and, you know, making people think like, well, at any time I could get a gem. So it means that I can't just like run around because if I do get one, then it, I, I will, I will just die. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is, is like post 1.0 kind of stuff, you know, sure. where it's not necessarily you going into a raid per se. It's more of this open world. And also there's, you probably encounter far less people than you do now. I think there's only so many PMCs right now per match just for a, you know, fun and a gameplay perspective. And I think that, their ultimate vision is that coming across another PMC would actually not be super rare, but it would be a lot less often than it is now. Hmm. Yeah, I, that's I think what I think. Yeah, I don't know if that would be good or not, but I guess we'll just have to see. I mean, it would be kind of tense. I remember playing DayZ and it just taking forever before you actually see anyone. It does make those moments really, really crazy. Yeah, and in game, yeah. yeah, like 40 minutes, especially with VoIP, you're like trying to speak to somebody, like figure out whether they're hostile or not, if there's like double crossings, whatever. Like I remember like, I lay down in a forest snipe like with a sniper rifle for like 45 minutes on one particular occasion, which was just insane. Like a dude in the hangar and like a friend who was like yep. nearby. I was spotting him from, you know, 150 meters away. And he was talking to the guy at close range of a VoIP and then telling me what, what he was talking to him about. Like it was insane. But like, yeah, it's, it's a different, it's a different game. Like it's a quite a different game to what we have now. Yeah. And I, honestly, um, I, that's not too far off from what I think that they want this game to eventually be like. Hmm but yeah yeah i can see that uh, i think that's true right 
I was going to uh, I was going to bring up the the whole topic of law because we haven't actually spoken we've we've t- kind of touched on law here and there um in church and it's like something that I've been vaguely interested in I think you've been vaguely interested in as well I'm like super interested by um the fact that like because I was just like browsing through your stuff recently as well and uh, I think like your top video is the Tarkov law video right I think that's yeah. the top one on your channel yeah um which is uh, which is which is cool because people are like clearly interested, right? It's like something that I don't don't really see discussed that much on on like out and on Reddit and and those kind of places. I think it's more on the official forum thing, but like most of the posts are from like two or three years ago. I think maybe when they were releasing more stuff. Yeah. Um. I guess like, I mean, what made you make that video in the first place? Um, I suppose in terms of you know just trying to like bring the law more to the community and like bringing it all into one place or kind of like. What what kind of was your inspiration to to making that content? Well, uh, really, the main ins- inspiration was that kind of like I was saying before. You know, I have a a huge interest in um, stories and narratives, and you know, a, a good story to me is just like the best thing ever. Um, and then there's also kind of like a nerd aspect to it, which is like, you know, of course, I'm like really into Star Wars, and you know, <laughs> I. I just find something fascinating, even though it's all fiction and it's not real. Yeah. There's something fascinating about just diving deeper and deeper and deeper and finding like obscure information and tying it all together. And there's just something really, really cool about that. And then before you know it, you're learning about like some, you know, droid that went across the screen for like 0.2 seconds in a Star Wars movie. And he has this massive backstory and like huge implications on everything. And it's just like, whoa, you know, so um, with Tarkov, you know, I I got into the game, started really liking it. And then I started finding like these little kind of tidbits. And plus, I was just also asking myself, I'm like, you see Terra Group everywhere. And you're like, what is all this? And then, you know, doing a quest or something like that every once in a while. I don't know about you guys, but my first wipe, actually my first almost two wipes. when I did quests, I didn't read any of the dialogue. I, I just Same. accept quests. Yeah. What do I have to do? Okay, turn in the quest. The little dialogue screen comes up. Cool. Get get out. Get this out of here. All right. You know, like, <laughs> well, then as I, if I go to wiki to, like, find out where something is, and I didn't know where. I started, you know, the dialogue is right there. And in a couple of days, I just kind of sit there and read it. And I'd be like, huh, this is kind of actually sort of interesting, right? I found something out about a scab boss I didn't know because Jaeger tells you something about him. And I, then I sat there for a long time and I basically read all of the quest dialogue in the game in order. Mm. And I was like, there is a ton of information mm. here like the people don't really realize or know about. And then you dive deeper and you find these posts on like the forum that are like six, seven years old or something like that. And like these uh, uh, these documents they put on there, some are English, some are Russian and, you know, all this other stuff. And there's little tidbits, too, just in the hideout. If you get the Intel Center level three, they have this whiteboard and like all these scribbles and like stuff like that. And so I actually uh, contacted a guy who knew Russian and he translated a bunch of that stuff for me. And there's a few things we learned there anyway. uh, As I was talking to just the friends that I play with, you know. I was kind of like, I just drop little tidbits. Oh, did you know this about, you know, killer or whatever? And they're like, oh, that's really interesting. And then I was just like, you know what? When we got into content creation, 
we started off not really having much direction. So I think we did like a guide video or like my favorite gun or something like that. Mm -hmm. Didn't really go anywhere. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I really like storytelling and narrative. My buddy, who's my partner, he likes doing really nice editing and stuff that is has kind of an emotional impact to it. Let's get together all the lore of the game, or at least what we know so far, and just kind of do like a synopsis. And so that's when we made that video, and it did really, really well. And then we're like, you know what? Uh, we really enjoy doing this. You know, when, when I have to talk about, like, how meta a certain gun build is and how, why you should build it, that's not really enjoyable to make that kind of a video for me. It's just kind of like, okay, you know, it's, it feels like work almost. But doing the narrative stuff, it's it's really, really exciting because like we're working on one right now where uh, two of them right now where we've really upped the production quality. Oh my. And like when I show Caleb something I've done and he's like, oh, my gosh, I got goosebumps from that. And he shows me something and I'm like, oh, my God, look at those shots with the, the timing, with the music and everything. It's just it's amazing. It's very cinematic. Yeah. And um, I I think people really like that feeling because some of my favorite fiction genres are post-apocalyptic, dystopian. You know, um, I read the whole remaining series. It's a really big book series all about post-apocalyptic like zombies and stuff. Um, that kind of setting is just alluring to a lot of people. Um, this kind of lawless you know, land where anything goes, where, you know, entertainment's expensive and life is cheap, you know, that kind yeah. of a, kind of a thing. So yeah, exactly. That's kind Man, of that's why, cool. why I'm into it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Like, it, it's so funny. You like mirror and like reflect so many things that like, I've also thought and kind of like been through as well. It's like, it's funny that you even mentioned Star Wars. I like, cause I've, I've been down the same rabbit holes as well. Honestly, it's just like proper like nerd thing. Right? It's like a nerd trap. Yeah. Just like people who are that way inclined, you just get sucked in. I actually find it very hard. Like I would, I would love to be a, a diehard Star Wars fan. I just find it very difficult um, for, for like multiple reasons, but like the, the universe of Star Wars is fantastic. But yes, some of the, um, some of the uh, execution is, uh, is a little questionable, but the world yeah. building is fantastic. And that's like, with a lot of things right it's also the same reason why i'm a huge science fiction fan because a lot of the time these people uh, or groups of people have these such amazing imagination and as you say you can just like dig deeper and deeper into these worlds that these people have created which is all fictional but it's like there's, there's so many layers of things of people thinking like okay well if you know if we had a universe that was like x what are the, the what are the outcomes and then what are the secondary effects and what are the tertiary effects and how does you know how do all these things affect each other and when someone cracks it, like these universes are insane to delve into. Tarkov's like, as you say, it's very much like that. Um, and I just find it super interesting. Like I, I went down probably the same because I, so I did a, um, it's like really one of the lowest um, popularity videos that I did. And it was a kind of like a law sort of story driven thing for one of the competitions that BSG ran. Um, and I spent ages like looking at the whiteboard. Like I found the English, I didn't I didn't contact anyone, but I found the English translation for the whiteboard. Like it's just so everything you yeah. said, like honestly, it's so funny, right? Yeah. Um, but like it's just it's so crazy because I find myself wondering so much stuff about the game, right? And we'll we'll find out this stuff, I guess, when it when it releases. But there's like a ton of yeah. questions I have, and there's some obvious ones, things like, you know, what are terror group actually doing? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think within the quest dialogue, even you have, you know, you've got their um uh, they've got this blue ice right and there's blue ice which is all over the place and that was kind of what yep. like as part of 
partly like the video wasn't really about that but it was like you know there's, there's barrels of this stuff in customs i think that was the first place where i really noticed it in the world when like people were talking about blue ice everywhere and it's in labs and you're like fine but then you find like when you actually notice that the warehouse is full of blue ice as well in customs mm-hmm. you're like and it's like it's all over factory and then there's like containers full of it in woods and stuff and you're like all right this is like okay this is getting this is getting real weird and yeah. then you look into it more and you've got like the skiers like chemical line and then there's like there's a, a yellow compound version or, or whatever and he like gives it to a load of his guy or his guys take it back to them and they're just like all completely messed up yeah um, and then introduce sanitar it's just like i just like how they're sort of slowly building it up and we'll find out more i guess within the actual story as to what they're actually trying to do but like it's 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 fascinating to me as to like what the outcome is going to be of this, right? It's like some kind of like biotechnology, um, you know, engineering of some kind. Is it like trying? Yeah. To, is it like soldier stuff? Is it gene stuff? Like I don't know how far, how like sorry, how like near future they they're going to get with it. Um, but I'm really interested to see where it goes. Honestly, it's like yes. so tip. Yeah, the the big picture stuff like Terra Group and what they're up to and stuff. I don't expect us to get any um, answers of that for a long time, but. There are some interesting little things that they like to drop from time to time. And so, for example, uh, when Tagila came out, um, there's a quest, just like all the other Kill the Boss quests. And actually, if you read all of those dialogues, they're really interesting. But there were some new connections made there that kind of opened my... Because I didn't know this. But, you know, when you get introduced to Jaeger, Mechanic sends you out there to get his letter. and so obviously they're kind of like they know each other, but a lot of players I, I don't feel like really understand what's going on. In the quest dialogue to kill Tagilla, uh, Jaeger reveals, and in, in other quest dialogues from Mechanic, Mechanic said that he actually worked uh, as a foreman in the factory, the chemical factory. Mm-hmm. This factory is where the entrance to lab is hidden. And this is also where they produce, Terror was producing something. Uh, I didn't know this. Jaeger worked with mechanic there at the factory mm. and Tagilla and Killa also worked there. So <laughs> they all know each other and Tagilla is Killa's brother. And so like when this, this one new quest came out, all these connections were made. Okay. Holy shit. Uh, mechanic and, Jaeger worked together and Killa and Tagilla were also working there and they were brothers and they had a sibling rivalry going on. And it's just all like, you know, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that, those kinds of like little stories and how they get kind of built off each other are really interesting. And, you know, what they do too with the lore is if you look at some very, very old, um, forum posts on the official forum, I think it's Blackbird who posted a lot of that stuff. Mm. Um, He said that a lot of these documents and a lot of the stories that you will see throughout the development, you really need to take everything with a grain of salt because some of these documents need to read between the lines to really see what's going on. And also some of the people who are, you know, doing certain things have ulterior motives. And a good example of that is therapist. Um, therapist keeps presenting herself as being someone who just wants to care for the people of Tarkov and stuff. But there's two quests in particular where she like is savage and like the decontamination service. She says, uh, you need to go t- uh, teach these criminal scum. They're like less than human. Uh, you need to kill 
40 of them and then leave at close range so they know who they're dealing with and yeah. then leave one leave one alive so he can go tell his buddies you know who did this and it's like jesus christ <laughs> you're supposed to be a doctor or something you know and like all this other stuff there's another quest too where she's like make sure that they die in suffering hmm. and it's just like god damn <laughs> yeah you know, I, chill I out <laughs> i definitely always had my uh my doubts about therapist. I think once I started looking into the quests properly, and I was like, "Is she really everything that we that we like know about?" Like, because I, I don't know whether so. she's got like links to like terror group and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, some of I can't like I cannot remember the details off the top of my head, but there's like some of the um the sanitar ones. Yep. Um, as well, where where it's like, I'm certain that she has some kind of ulterior motive, or she's linked in some way, um, to the research that was going on, or something, or maybe not. But like it's that sort of that question of just like, can she actually be trusted? Like, can you, uh, yeah, can you trust her word to, you know, believe the front that, that she's putting out there? Um, I mean, she's a she's sort of a you know a, a deal boss of Tarkov for for a reason, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Like, I think the one trader that I do find probably the most interesting is mechanic because he's got all these like yeah. rambling rants that go on through all of his stuff, and I ended up down this like crazy rabbit hole at one stage. Um, and I met, I know that like when you look around on the wiki, there's this old quest with um, with fence, which is like uh, you know like a real world augment. Like, uh, what, what do they call it? So like um, not like, augmented reality is the wrong word, but you know when there's like there's stuff in real in like real life, there's like a website set up that's, like you have to like hack and there's like codes that you have to break and stuff. And there was like some oh. real that you can go on the wiki. Um, and there was like a whole bunch of stuff that people had to do, and it like went to like a website with like oh. I think it was a broad yeah 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 the um. But there's like so much stuff like with mechanic that's like super interesting. I find through his quest lines, and he's talking about building this network, and he's like mining his mining the bitcoins and getting the graphics cards fixed up and all this kind of stuff. And he's like talked for a while about this uh, this ISP called like Ibambium, which yeah. I went on this like rabbit hole uh, search about Ibambium and him, him talking about it. And like it turns out because there's like um, some really old photos on the BSG Facebook of. Um, of a phone of like a mobile phone and so it turns out the Mambium logo is the three dots which is like everybody's default profile picture and the loading picture when you load into the launcher right and there's a really old picture of a phone with a Bambium written on it with the three dots on it and i'm just like oh my god what is this like it's been driving me insane for ages and he's like i've connected up to this Bambium isp it's the only way i can get onto the internet within within like uh, the tarkov region and like this like every time i bump into something like that and it's also on the whiteboard as well yeah. with the um question mark on it yeah it's like this is important for some reason i don't know why but like every time that you get a little thread like that and start to pull on it there's like there's links everywhere and connections and it's just like yeah it's it's really it's really super fascinating i think even the whiteboard says um says blue ice on it as well and yep. stuff yeah and like uh there's other there's other you know background brands that they've built up which have some significance like paradigm shipping you, you mm. see shipping containers everywhere that say Paradigm on them. Mm. There's some stuff, some connections to Terra Group there and stuff. But we're working on the mechanic lore, uh, basically whole mechanic video right now. It's going to be split into three parts probably. But uh, yeah, his whole his whole quest line is very interesting. You know, if you go through his the gunsmith quests, which actually, if you would think about it, you'd think that those would be like the most boring or like ones without yeah. story. Read all of the gunsmith quests. Uh, dialogue in order and it's mm -hmm. like he's like this recluse he's kind of crazy but at the same time kind of like sane and philosophical 
And he goes through this whole thing. He builds an, an artificial intelligence in his little hideout thing to give him company and someone to talk to. He has these like kind of really wild opinions on society as a whole. And it's, it's really, it's really kind of interesting. So I would probably say that, you know, if anyone uh, wants to get uh, a better picture of Tarkov more than they already know, if they haven't done so already, go through the dealers, go to the, go to the wiki, go to the wiki page, go through each dealer and just read through all their quest dialogue in order. And um, it's hard to do that in game while you're questing because there's so much time in between, you know, the quests and you might complete different order. So go to the wiki and like read them all in order. And it's it, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Yeah, it really is. I think there's there's one um, there's actually one mechanic uh, quote in there that I I'd like used it as the intro to the video that I did, which is about you know like society people like going and like you know buying you know lunch food and all this kind of stuff going to shopping centers and not caring or whatever and then like but then at the end of the day like society collapses and everyone everyone's like out for themselves and it was all just like a big sham yeah. kind of thing which is it's super yeah it's super crazy it's super yeah. crazy I'm, I'm i'm excited i'm excited to see what happens with it and um yeah i think when uh when 1.0 comes around and we actually get like the proper storyline because all of these are just like side quests anyway like when we get the proper story we're like find out actually what happened um i think like I guess like what ties into this heavily, I suppose, is um, is the raid series, which was also super super cool, um, and some bits and pieces out of there. Right, we've got like there's the footage of USEC uh, soldiers like gunning down like scientists within labs and stuff. And it's like yeah, yeah, some, some serious stuff there. I and, mean, the raid series is super fantastic. Yeah, and there's a lot of you know unanswered questions that came from that too, like uh, specifically in the final one. Um, where you know of course we have the black division guys Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of questions on that and ideas floating around there's nothing too concrete my leading um theory is that uh in some of the really old lore documents there was a guy by the name of gus van saint who uh came to tarkov shortly after hostilities began and he is the he recently joined usec as the director of special operations and he's like the super secretive guy and basically this informant tracks his movements for a little while it's hard to discern any concrete evidence of like who this guy is or what he does but in that raid series you know they 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 were speaking english and i think they had a slight british accent and uh they could be i don't know they could be the the like a separate division of usec like the special forces they could be an actual military special forces. They could be a whole other PMC group that Terra Group has contracted. We don't really know. Um, also, what was in that little secure container that they were trying to get out? You know, I have no idea. Um, also, like the cultists and what their motivations yeah. are and who they came from. And are they are they working with someone else? Um it's all very strange. Well, I mean, because they have they have obviously some really high level terror group gear because they have that stim that makes them semi invisible to thermals, mm-hmm. and any any stim in the game that has TG in it is terror group. So, um, yeah, it's there's 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 so many weird things. You know, they're producing substances. They have all these stimulators that do like wild stuff. Uh, some of the bosses might have colluded with or are working with Terra Group. Um, it's pretty clear. Killa is guarding something at Interchange. 
but it's like, well, like, what is he guarding? Um, exactly. But, exactly. Like, yeah. You even got like you know the latest events, right? With Sanitar, Sanitar's letter. Like I've, I've, you know, I've formulated the perfect concoction of uh, the old Doblos or however you pronounce it. And like yep. you know, with the the twenty five percent insta kill chance and stuff, but it turns you into an absolute machine. Yeah. Um, you know the, that kind of stuff. The fact that they're like still releasing these kind of things, like it's exactly what you said, right? It's like about the paradigm as well. They would like the ship on the picture, like just before in the pre wipe events and stuff. So like you know, Sanitar's involved in some way, and they're doing this kind of you know these crazy drugs. And yeah, exactly as you said, right? Like for the fact that the cultists have some stims of this kind right? they're obviously linked in some way maybe they're people who've like been got you know they've gone mad by the terror group experiments or something and they've like somehow been like escaped as this kind of like crazy cult like i i, I don't know I, I don't really know how they're gonna yeah. fit all together but there's so many elements so it's weird and... i one i'm excited to uh role play as um british usec on rogue <laughs> with voice yeah. i'm excited about that <laughs> That's yeah cool. yeah yeah the Vo- voip will be interesting uh, I don't know what it will be, but it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll we'll see how that goes, and it, it definitely seems like Nikita wants to uh, keep a real tight lid on mm-hmm. uh, the use of it. And I think he was talking about having like a whole report system. So if you're abusing it, um, you know, you get banned, maybe. So he, I yeah, feel but... like he just really wants to preserve the immersive nature of the game. I mean, yeah. on on the subject of lore. You know, it's got me thinking like, man, when I first played Tarkov, I was just so fully immersed in the world from like the map design, like the attention to detail, like you're saying, the blue ice, the graffiti, like the, the factory, the ambient noise, like it all really adds up. And then you got the attention to detail, like you're saying, with, with the gun parts, like all that attention to detail and me not being like a gun guy. I mean, I knew there was like, you know, gas tubes and springs. I was like, wow, this is like, I am so immersed in this experience. and. I feel like this subject of lore is just so like undervalued, underappreciated. I mean, it's such a like it, it just really like I think for me that's what made the game stood out the most for me was the fact that all of this work done with like building the world and the lore just inver- immersed me so much in the experience that I forgot I was playing Escape from Tarkov. You know, what I mean, I'm sitting here sweating my balls off in factory for my cat or you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you know we're we're working on right now we started a separate series called apocalypse where we take some time to kind of really appreciate the maps and the level mm. design and that the stories that they can tell and the one we're working on right now is reserve and you can actually put together the pieces of what happened there when it basically fell um you can sh- we there's a part of the map where you can see where there was a fight just outside of the map. There's all kinds of scorch marks and whatnot. There's a breach in the fence. There's a T-90 tank that was knocked out. And then in, uh, let's see, it'd be Black Bishop, the school, the drop-down tech building. All of the facade of the building that is facing where that breach was made, um, that's where all most of the damage is concentrated. You can see there's bullet holes coming from that direction, uh, there's, you know, sections of windows and walls that are blown out. There's blood. You can see where people have been dragged out where they, <clears throat> they were sand, they're trying to sandbag the windows and then they were, you know, getting shot while doing that. And then there was, they were also under mortar fire. And that's why that sign that you can, you know, run up that sign is all collapsed. And there's a, uh, there's a SPG gun there that got knocked out. There's other evidence of like mortar fire. That's why the K buildings have some collapse sections. Those were all from mortar fire. And that was basically Gluhar and his men 
that um, were assaulting the reserve base to take it over and make it theirs. And that's why they did it so effectively. They were military trained men that had some real equipment too. And they tried to load that MI-28 helicopter, but then they obviously got to him before they could take off without, there's tons of terror group stuff inside that helicopter. Um, yeah, it's, and, and I, I'm taking this on myself. We're going to say this in the video. I'm kind of, I, this isn't a for sure thing, but I, that's why I'm, I'm guessing that they're called Raiders is because this was, you know, the Russian armed forces were told to stand down and they eventually had to withdraw from the entire Tarkov region. And it's probably after the reserve base fell. Um, there was no way to keep order at that point. So then they had to cordon off the area. And so, yeah, if you just, if, mm. if you go even go just go into an offline raid and just take some time to look at some of the stories that are told just from the simple map design um, and just keeping in mind that the, the UN is trying to keep the peace and they're failing, um, that the Russian military moved in to try to keep the peace. And also they got roped into fighting the UN openly. Um, by an unknown third party. So who knows what that was? Maybe the Black Division, maybe Terror Group, maybe USEC, who knows? They had a few open skirmishes with the Russian FSB and um, basically like Russian version of SWAT, Oman. And then they had to withdraw. And so that's why there's so much abandoned military equipment. They were just told, you guys need to get out of there. This is about to blow up because if you guys stick around, basically Western military is going to move in. Um, so with all those in mind, when you look around and you see all this stuff, these aren't just like, they didn't just put a tank there or like a truck there right. so you have some cover. Like it's there to tell a story, you know, all the UN roadblocks are shot up and graffitied, you, you know, untar, go home, all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's all very, very, it's extremely well done. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew that about reserve. Honestly, I've never looked at it in that much detail. That's like that's super. That's super cool. It's the only other one that I know of in that kind of like in that way. Is that I know if you, I can't remember whose whose channel this was. It might even have been you guys. I actually can't remember now who it was. That I saw it on. But if you when you go to labs and you look down one of the elevators, there's like all the dead scientists like yep. at the bottom. Yep. Um, which is like really grim. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like super grim, but like yeah, it's it's world building right on a on a really detailed scale which is appreciated by those people who you know nerd out on that kind of stuff like us oh, yeah it's, um, yeah there's a there's a car so if you're at that main intersection at the after the bridge on customs you'll see that there's like a, a luxury suv that is kind of falling off the side of the road and there's a static dead scav there and there's blood mm. all inside of the vehicle he is a, he himself is extremely bloody and he's fallen out of the driver's seat and then in the back seat, there are a whole bunch of important documents, and there's a safe. He was trying to get out of somewhere. So he'd be coming from like the interchange, like reserve area, and he's trying to drive towards the UN roadblock. And apparently, he got ambushed. He got shot up, and he got so injured he had to fall out of his vehicle. And um, that just little scene right there, just kind of, you know, who knows what it's really related to, but right. it's it was all strategically placed to tell a story. And that kind of stuff is what what I really really love. Yeah, you you can see like the same kind of thing. You know, one of the early quests, I guess, because it was one of the first ones that they did, and on customs, one of the earliest maps. You've got like the unknown key, right? And it's uh, you know, the quest dialogue. I think says, "Oh, you know, my, I sent my guy out, but like, you know, he never he never made it." And then you find the dude, and he's dead. And there's like there's a key, you know, on his body. 
that you need to go and get and he says oh, it's on the other side of the, the river and this kind of thing it's like you can see kind of like where they were going with this stuff i think maybe some of the quests later they just kind of like added a whole bunch of things but like some of the earlier ones i think you know because there probably were only a handful to start with and they're like really thinking through um there's you know there's extra extra stuff in those that are then like actually in the world things like as you say with that guy who's like pulling out of the of the car because i've like seen those like dead scav static spawns and on a, in a couple of places but yeah unless you like stop to look you don't necessarily think think too much of them yeah um it was uh yeah it's it, it's cool it's cool i'm so pleased that they did all of these uh these events in this wipe because like part of the reason why i did my video is kind of like it was um it was actually on the it was kind of for the launch of the new customs expansion which is kind of, kind of happened at the same time and i was basically trying to fit like fit like some lore explanation to why the customs map has been expanded basically like you know someone's blown up a hole in the wall near the, the blue ice thing to try and like get a shipping line out that kind of thing and i said yeah. at the time i was like uh, you know this is what i want bsg to do because it's easy to fit something to the law you can like do whatever you want to do and then just put something for it even if it's just throw away it gets people immersed and gets people invested in the game if they think yeah. that it's like it lets you it lets you live in this world right and say like there's reasons for these things to happen it's like it's just uh yeah draws people in i think that people would pay attention to the lore a little bit if maybe closer to 1.0 Mm-hmm. when they get all the quests in the game because you wouldn't want to do this now and then have to mm-hmm. call the people back to do it later uh is have all the quest dialogue voice acted yes man if if you had that voice acted people would stop and they'd probably listen to it and they would be like oh like whoa you know because right now 99.9 percent of probably all tarkov players are like click 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 all right give me the quest what do i gotta do get a folder okay yeah. i don't care all right get the folder you know they don't care that the folder means something or it does something or ties into anything so um once they get all the quests in place it'd be sick if they if they could get that all voice acted and have someone english speaking go through and clean up the grammatical errors <laughs> some some of the quests that like you're like what is he saying so in some of our lore videos i actually take a little bit of uh i do take uh creative liberties at times mm-hmm. just to add more narration more story to actually make something like look like it's a, a narrative but uh there's times where i will just kind of rearrange some of the the words a little bit just so it's more fluid for an english speaker so i will say i yeah. was watching the uh the peacekeeper what was it uh what's the name of that series it's is it stories of the traders of Tarkov? Just, just, uh, deal, just dealers of Tarkov. Yeah. Dealer, yeah. It, and it was on Peacekeeper, and you were going over some of the shoreline quests. And then, sort of like as you were transitioning to the next lore based thing, you were like, you know, you hear some rumbling in the bushes. And then it was like yeah. a, a cultist, and that was all like, uh, you know, sort of like fabricated, but it was it just like yep. super immersive. We, and then we have another one. So the next one is with Mechanic. And the same thing, we're going to go into a little bit. It's going to transition from just straight kind of telling the story of his quests and whatnot. It's going to transition into a, a a big narrative sequence, but it ties into Tagilla because he's new. And mm. uh, that one, we're working with an artist. He's making us custom artwork to help wow. display some of this stuff. So we don't have to like go into a raid and like have some guy that kind of looks like Tagilla, but not really, yeah, and have yeah. him like act it all out. We're just we're just having an artist like make us stuff, so um, yeah. There's there's gonna be some cool stuff there. That sounds really exciting, <laughs> man. Look forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, uh, it's yeah. I I can't wait for this to progress further and and there to be more more stuff for us to to dive into. 
yeah yeah absolutely definitely definitely i think like even just from like you know your you guys and your channel and stuff i, I just think find it really interesting that you're kind of because usually it's sort of like you know you'll have like creator and then like editor and that's kind of like the usual way it goes but like to have like both of you guys both kind of like doing different pieces but like both leading on the on the channel it's like it's quite i don't know it's quite uh, i've never heard of anyone else doing it like that yeah um you know caleb Irk pandas he has more editing talent than i do and he can also work a lot faster with editing than i can but i know mm. enough editing to be dangerous so i can i can usually kind of throw some stuff together and then um we joke around because when i get done with something I'll I'll message my Discord and be like, hey, I got this video done. I, it needs a panda pass. And a panda <laughs> pass is where he goes through and he does like some more advanced color correction and audio stuff that I, you know, don't really know how to do. So, but yeah, uh, we, it's a very kind of like equal relationship um, where, you know, I, I usually do all the writing and I do all the voiceovers, but, you know, he does a lot of editing. He helps with editing. I do editing as well. And, it it all works out to be really nice. He has a very keen uh, sense also too for like uh, cinematic elements when it comes to like timing shots to music mm. and making them all work together. Um, mm. So he's he's really really good with that. Hey, you yeah, guys make a important. great team. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've known him forever, forever and ever and ever. I think we met during the uh, PUBG days. Yeah. No, no, actually, Battlefield Four. So, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> you guys get way back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played all, uh, all kinds of PUBG together, and then uh, we got into Tarkov, and yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, because Tar- Tarkov is definitely like kind of my main game right now, and mm-hmm. you know, especially with my history and all that other stuff, I. I don't really see me ever wanting to like kind of main another game. I mean, it, it really has everything in it that I could possibly want. It has the guns and the gear and the lore and the story and it's all amazing. I also have an a, I have this weird affinity for games that aren't finished yet. I don't know about you guys, but like all the games I've always just loved are games that aren't really quite complete. And I don't know, maybe maybe I just love the anticipation. There's always going to be something new, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe. Well, we've definitely got a lot to look forward to. I'm super, super stoked for the streets, and I'm just trying to enjoy this wipe as much as I can before, uh, before we get that. So I think the game's going to start changing quite a bit once the streets, streets arrive, so we've just kind of got to look forward to that, I suppose. And Lighthouse. Yeah. And Lighthouse. That's yeah. going to be really exciting with the Enray Trader. I'm excited to see how that implementation and what that means for the story and everything that's a lot of fun there yeah. i guess uh before we wrap up I, I wanted to uh ask you about i know you did a couple of videos actually where you interviewed um a hacker yeah. and um i personally <laughs> i love those videos because you know part of me i can really respect a content creator doing that and sort of taking the, the most objective position as possible and you know really trying to understand this person as like a human being you know but me as like the viewer i'm like yeah i'm like i'm into it but i'm also like eating my popcorn like oh this guy's such a dirtbag you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah it's like if you if you scroll through the comments you know you're gonna see the majority are like i just want five minutes with this guy you know like kind of thing and um so when we were getting ready to do that 
um, we were already in talks about, you know, really we, we found that the thing that worked best for our channel was narratives and storytelling. Mm. And how could we branch out to other things that were still in that realm, but not necessarily just lore. Yeah. And so we had the idea of, well, what if we interview people who ha are unique, taboo, um, or just otherwise, you know, not considered your normal, average, everyday gamer? And we started with the cheating thing because that is like probably one of the most hotly debated things in Tarkov. And really, the goal of those videos was because the first thing that anyone ever says when they're killed by a cheater is, why is this guy doing this? Um, do they mm -hmm. find this fun? Word, uh, like, what do they get out of this? There's this huge gap in understanding of why a cheater is doing what they're doing, and you know, your average gamer. So, we decided to interview a couple. Um, I've, I'm still trying to get a hold of a cheat dev, but mm -hmm. they are really like they're like your. Your, your stereotypical, you know, hoodie, dark room, the yeah, matrix code yeah. going, you know, whatever. Not really, but they, they, they don't they don't like to talk. Um, but really what I'm looking at now is actually interviewing uh, the other side of the aisle. I, I would like to interview a game developer or an anti-cheat engineer or something like that. Hmm. Um, but when, when we did that, it was with the sole intent of increasing the awareness and understanding of of your average person. Why do these people do that, you know? And Tarkov really does have it all. They have uh, paid carries, RMT. They have, I call them joyriders. They're just people that get it because they wanna, they're mad or something like that. And they just want to, you know, shit all over a lobby. But it was really just to increase awareness. And, hmm. you know, I didn't do it with, uh, like, BSG in mind. I didn't do it as, like, a statement to be like, oh, look at this big problem, uh... Yeah, that, that's not the goal. Uh, the goal was just for your average everyday person to be like, OK, now I understand these people a bit more and why they do it. Not not to like that. It's OK or to sympathize or anything like that, but just so that they they kind of know what it's like, I guess, to be in their shoes. And in this whole process, um, you know, I got invited to all these discords and other people, tons of people that were cheating, uh, wanted to also have interviews. And I started looking through their discords and it, it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, probably not surprising. It's a weird community. Um, <laughs> I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert, but there, it looks to me like there is a really big, like mental health slash mm. depression issue with almost everyone that I've seen cheating um, just in their discords and their DMS when I'm talking to them, there's mm. just like their lives are not in a good place and whether that factors into them cheating i don't know but uh yeah it was just kind of interesting that to do that and then yeah, of course the those videos blew up big time and i didn't want to you know some people didn't like it too some people thought that this was giving cheaters a platform and a voice and it was humanizing them and also their stuff and i get that you know i get that um it's not an easy topic to discuss and these aren't the most savory people ever, you know? Um, so I, I do get that argument. Um, but the next one we're moving on to, if I, I've already done the interview, we just need to edit it, is um, a binge gamer. And mm -hmm. I interviewed a guy who plays 16 or more hours of Tarkov a day. 
And um, I thought actually that it might be a little boring because you'd be like, well, all I do is wake up and play games. But actually, the interview turned out to be quite interesting. So um, that'll be the next one to come up. Because that, awesome. to me, to me, I think that this is a slight issue. It's not a big thing. It's not like, oh my God, we need to, action needs to happen. But there is a little bit of a addictive trait to Tarkov. And, um, especially after a wipe, you will see some like streamers or even people that don't even stream that will play for 24, 48 hours, falling asleep at their computers, you know, and there's kind of, there can be some issues that come along with that. So just another glimpse of people to get into the, you know, maybe someone only who only gets to play an hour, two hours, three hours a day, you know they might want to know what it's like, you know, how come someone plays that much and yeah. what's their life like? It's interesting, right? You've got like three people who've got Kappa already, right? It's like an insight into their into their world. Yeah, I think uh, Nikita said that there's a Russian player who has a total of, what did he say, like 24,000 hours in Tarkov? Like, holy shit. <laughs> wow. So... Yeah, again, it's it's just like the cheater thing. I'm not there to judge anybody. Yeah. I'm not there to do anything like that. It's just like, hey, here's this person who's a little outside the norm, and this is what they're all about. Yeah, I never got that sense from your video. I mean, I've seen some other videos that they felt more like hit pieces on, you know, certain people. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's interesting because the way you were describing that sort of like Discord server um, it, it sounded like there was a real, potentially a real human need there. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Yes. And- after after we we produced that video, uh, and we started getting lots of feedback, I was talking to some people who they don't cheat, but they they are friends with people who do. And mm-hmm. I was telling them my concerns, like there's there's obviously kind of a mental health thing here going on, and um, they said absolutely there is, and. You know, I was just kind of bouncing ideas around, but I'm like, you know, these people have a life that is frustrating. Then they go to a game that they want to love, but Mm. then they are met with nothing but immense frustration because they're bad at the game. And um, I don't know, like if there's just some way, I don't know if it's possible, but there's just some way to like find people who are maybe interested in getting into cheating and like. I don't know. It's like a gamer rehab or something like, yeah, listen, man, you don't have to go down that road. Like, let's figure out something that works for you. Like, you know, I don't know. We were seeing uh, Dr. K's videos, healthy gamer. You got to get him on the case. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. Yeah. I mean, but you know, it, it did bring to light to some, some big issues. So I don't know, hopefully, especially with the second one where I talked to an ex cheater, Mm-hmm. That was really also to show, listen, if you do go down this road, the first guy made it seem like it was all rainbows and butter, you know, butterflies. Mm-hmm. But the second guy was like, listen, no, like that's that's usually like the top one percent of cheaters are the ones that like make money RMTing and stuff. Vast majority of them. It's depressing. It's a money sink. It ruins the game for you. You will never enjoy the game the, the way you used to. Don't do it. So. I think that's one of the critiques I saw, not particularly from your video, but I guess it was just more of a general statement that was like saying the idea was like, hey, Tarkov creators, when you do these types of interviews, all you're doing is giving free promotion for this 
And I, I guess I can kind of understand their perspective, but at, at the same time, I don't really think it's, I think it's more beneficial to, for us as humans to understand that these are people, you know, they, they go right. through real life circumstances and situations that affect their outcomes and, and how they decide to behave and whatnot. So it's like, I mean, it, in some ways, I, I feel like the ultimate anti-cheat is like some some type of like gamer rehab thing you were talking yeah. about. You know what I mean? It's just like, like well, wow. If you look at the comments, too, on the video, like some people are like, oh, man, I really hate this guy. Mm -hmm. You know, how could you do this? You ruined the game. And I just wish I could run you over with my car. And it's mm. just like, well, if you look at all of the things that a person could do that are, you know, terrible. Cheating in a video game, I know it's so immensely frustrating, and it's it's something that just plagues, especially because gaming means so much to us, but it's not like up there with like, you know, Hitler or something, or like, you know, mm -hmm. like homicide or something, but a lot of people are just like, yeah, you know, uh, give them life sentences or kill them or like whatever, and it's just Jesus. like, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's yes, it's bad. And what these people are doing is bad. But, you know, yeah, I don't know if we could just find some other way to I don't know, th there has to be some way. I think if someone just with the know how could do it to bring some of these people back, because I feel like the vast majority of these people are doing it because they're troubled and they have issues and they just need something sure. to, to 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 bring them back, you know. I don't know what that is, though. Oh, I totally right. agree. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I can identify the problem, but I do not have a solution. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like most of EFT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Was there any uh, any closing right. thoughts you had, Giga? I know, I know we're short on time here. We need to wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think... Uh... I think I think that's good. It's just been uh, it's just been super great to be able to speak to you, man. It's uh, you guys got a really interesting setup going on. I wish you all the best. So it's, uh, it's going well yeah. so far. And, uh, wish, I wish you man. Oh well. yeah, yeah. This was a great time, and um, I always like talking uh, Tarkov and whatnot. So yeah, if you guys ever uh, need another guest, just hit me up. You bet. You bet. Where can people find you at? Uh, so you can go to uh, Twitch eul underscore gaming. Uh, same thing on YouTube. It's EUL underscore gaming. Um, and yeah, if you go through there, like go to the description of any of our videos, there's like socials, there's our discord, you know, anywhere you want to follow or, or join, just feel free. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again, man, for uh, coming on the show. It was a real pleasure chatting with you and getting your insights on different mm -hmm. subjects. Um, with that, Absolutely. guys, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. All right. See you later. All right. Yep. See you guys.